Just a quick note before this episode. It was really noisy around my apartment this week. Uh, during the day, there was construction. During the night, there were parties. So I tried to find times that were a little less intrusive. But if a little noise leaks in, then you have my deepest apologies. Uh, I did the best I could this week. Anyway, on with the show. Hello, and welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott. Before we begin tonight's episode, let me give an extra welcoming hello to anyone who might be finding the show for the first time. I wanted to start out my new freedom by doing a fan favorite, so here she is, another dark Reddit episode. Newcomers, I know this show has probably been described to you as an audio fiction show, and it is, but every once in a while I throw in some true paranormal stories, witness accounts of high strangeness, a tiny sprinkle of true crime, or a little bit of all of that combined into a beast known as Dark Reddit, where I comb the site known for its veil of anonymity that makes for the wildest personal stories. I will warn you, as with Dark Reddit's past, this will include a lot of heavy topics that are alleged to be true by those who post, and some that are true that I have found proof of, but we'll get to that later. This week in particular includes cannibalism, attempted murder, missing limbs, and possible glitches in the Matrix? I wanted to start us off with something I think we've all wondered about even if just through an errant intrusive thought while doing the dishes. What does human meat taste like? Well, for a Reddit user, incredibly shiny shart, that's a question he got to answer for himself and a small group of friends and family. And here's the thing, he actually got to do it ethically. You see, in 2016, ISS, who I will be referring to incredibly shiny Shardas from now on, was in a horrific motorcycle accident. He was thrown from his bike into the woods, shattering one of his feet. Doctors suggested he amputate, and ISS had the forethought to ask if he could keep the severed limb. It was his, after all. The hospital agreed and sent him home with the foot. In his own words, here is how the accident went down. I was riding down a mountain road on Memorial Day, 45 miles per hour, the speed limit, with one truck and one car ahead of me. Ahead of me, a car coming the opposite direction was stopped and indicating that they wanted to turn across the road to the fishing area to my right. They stayed stopped in the road as both the car and the truck ahead of me passed and did not move as I approached. I figured they saw me and were waiting for me to pass. As I approached within 15 feet, they hit the gas and clipped the back of my bike. It locked up and fishtailed and then flipped into the forest. I sat up and took off my helmet and saw the burning pain that was my foot. He waited a few months to eat it. I assume it was in the freezer that whole time. And boy, what a fun surprise to have in your freezer for unknowing guests just looking for some ice cubes. 
For a while, ISS was trying to find a way to tell his story on Reddit, posting in a few different subreddits like WTF and Medical Gore, a few others asking where would be the appropriate place to tell his story. WTF surprisingly took down the post, saying it broke the rules, which is nuts because what could be a more what-the-fuck moment than consuming your own flesh? He eventually did an AMA. For those unaware, that stands for Ask Me Anything, titling it, Hi all, I am a man who ate a portion of his own amputated leg. Ask me anything. In the description, he briefly stated, So, the quick and dirty. About two years ago, I was hit on my motorcycle. They salvaged my foot, but I would never be able to walk on it. I elected to have it amputated. I asked the doctors to keep it. I signed some papers, I got it back, and with the help of some friends, cooked a portion of my tibialis interior. Proof, foot tacos, more proof, me and my stump. Let's do this. Edit. I taste like buffalo, but chewier, super beefy, and a little fat. And yes, those links to the pictures are still live, and you can go right now and check out some sweet foot taco action, which I will definitely be posting on all the social medias, with trigger warnings, of course. Users of Reddit asked him a lot of questions, including, what kind of sauce? No sauce, cooked with some lime and onions and peppers. Someone asked the question I'm sure many had. Why? So, my friends and I always had this joke. If you could try human flesh in an ethical and healthy way, would you? And we always said, of course. Well, the opportunity came up, and I called them on it. How did you tell people you were going forth with the plan? Like, send out an e-bite? I called folks who might be amenable. It was only about two to three ounces that I took off the leg, so it couldn't be a big group. Plus, only people I knew very well. Was there a lot of pressure to prepare it just right? Because it was, I'm super hoping, your last shot at tasting human flesh. Not really. I'm pretty sure we would have eaten it if it was just fried. We were not looking to go all Hannibal and get gourmet, just to make it so no one gagged. Did you throw up after? No, but one friend had to spit me into a napkin after chewing for a while. They apologized, but... It was too funny for me to be upset. You said you only invited, I believe, people you knew well. Did that feel like an intimate thing? Having people eat you? It really was. There were some people very dear to me there, who supported me through that time and whose friendship I will cherish. This next question was my favorite because it's definitely what I would have asked. Lots of people have asked you to describe the taste, but I would like to ask you to rate the taste. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good was it? How does it compare to steak or bacon or other meats you've tried? This is a fantastic question. On this scale, I would give it a solid 6.5. But keep in mind that I have had a lot of good food, so it's way better than a hot dog or regular burger. Maybe equal with regular bacon, which is pretty decent, but nowhere near as good as butter-seared sea scallops or a rare sous-vide tenderloin seared in grapeseed oil on a cast-iron pan, 
again, I'll be posting those photos. To me, when the meat is uncooked, it looks like a strange mix between beef and venison. Hmm. Sounds good to me. So, dear listener, I have a question. If given the chance to eat human meat, including maybe your own, would you try it? Also, how would you prepare it? I don't think I would have gone with tacos, but it's an interesting choice. On to the next, and sticking with the theme of missing limbs, this next entry is haunting. It was originally posted five years ago in September of 2016 by user Extremely Confused123 in the subreddit Relationships. It was titled, I, a 24-year-old male, was born without my left arm, or so I thought, while house-sitting for my parents, a 58-year-old male and 55-year-old female, I decided to watch some home videos. One of those videos was me with both arms as a baby. So this entire post has been since been deleted, and the user is also gone. But thanks to some internet archives, we still have the post. And it went as follows. I'm not really sure where to post this, and this community seems active. As long as I can remember, I've only had one arm. Ever since I was a kid, my parents told me that I had a birth defect that resulted in me only being born with my right arm. My parents are on vacation and asked me to feed their animals while they were gone. I've been doing that and I was off work for today and decided I'd watch some home videos. I just put in random tapes and watched for a few hours of me riding a bike, Christmas time, school plays, etc until I got to a video in which I'm only a few days old and being held by my grandpa. In this video, I have both of my arms, and my left arm looks like nothing is wrong with it. When I first saw the video, I thought it was my older brother as a baby, until I realized in the video they were referring to the baby as my name. I'm kind of freaked out right now, and I'm not really sure what to do. Surely there's a perfectly reasonable explanation about why I was lied to about my handicap, right? My parents are good people and have given me extra help my entire life. I don't know why they told me I was born without my arm. The next video they have of me is when I'm three years old, and by then, my arm is gone. I'm just really confused, and I'm coming here for help because I'm just at a total loss of if I should ask my parents about it or if I should even bring it up. TLDR, I was supposedly born with no left arm. I saw a home video of me as a baby with both of my arms. Of course, people were quick to say that maybe the OP had a defect that wasn't immediately visible, and they waited for a few months to get him surgery. I'm sure a lot of you had the same thought. Some theories were a little more sinister. They also span across several Reddit posts because even though this got deleted, it gets brought up pretty frequently on Ask Reddit when people ask for dark or creepy Reddit posts. This one really sat with people. On the original post, OP replied to a few comments before disappearing. Um, I think that's why people reference this one so much. We never really got any answers. This is one of the 
one of the comments that they replied to. I would guess that something traumatic happened, and it was easier for your parents to tell you it was never there rather than to relive the memory. You're old enough to know now. Ask them when they come home. Extremely confused replied, I really, really want to just ask them right now, but I feel like, given the scope of things, it might be inappropriate to ask through a text or a phone call. Another poster said it would be a good idea to request my medical history, which I think I'm going to do. If it was an accident or something, then I won't let my parents know. But if it was a disease or something, I'll probably ask them why they didn't just tell me. User Inky Pinky Blinky Clyde suggested, The likely explanation is that they feel responsible in some way for the loss of your arm and didn't want you to hold it against them. But you are an adult now, and you can request your full medical history. You can go to your parents and ask them what really happened, and let them know you will find out from your doctors anyway, so they should just tell you the truth. OP replied, That's a good idea. I'm going to request my medical history at my next doctor's appointment. Thank you. This seemed to be something that a lot of people agreed on, that there was possibly a terrible accident that the parents felt responsible for, and then they felt too guilty to tell the OP that they had been somehow the cause of his amputation. The only other thing to come out of the thread was the suggestion to ask the grandfather who was holding him in the video, to which Extremely Confused responded with, My grandfather that was holding me in the video is actually my great-grandfather who I don't really remember because he died when I was around five or six. So unfortunately, I can't ask him, LOL. One last theory was particularly tragic yet intriguing. Slant underscore Juicy said, Alternate theory two, there's something about the loss of your arm they don't want to tell you about explanation. That you have an older brother who died shortly after birth that your parents never told you about, and they gave you his name. OP surprisingly responded, They've never mentioned it, but it's certainly a possibility. After that, the post got deleted, and we never heard from Extremely Confused 123 ever again. So I guess we'll never know if he confronted his parents, asked his doctor for his medical history, or ever got any answers at all. Next is a story that, hold on, future Shelby is interjecting to say that she just watched, I just watched, I'm not going to refer to myself in third person, that's weird. I just watched YouTuber Nick Crowley's latest video called The Internet's Darkest Corners after I wrote this and he also covered this next dark Reddit post. Um, and he is amazing. Go subscribe because his content is so spooky and phenomenal. I don't know him. I just want to acknowledge that we both must have come across this story around the same time. It did only go up about a year ago, so that makes sense. It's not a very old story. But yeah, go watch his channel for some super dark shit. He covers all aspects of the internet, not just Reddit. I just wanted to let everyone know, just in case you've seen his video as well, that yes, I... I know that he covered this, I noticed after I already wrote the script, and so go watch his, his channel. <laughs> um, he does, a, he's 
if you if you want something to put on at night to like really give you a scare and make you um terrified to like ever answer your door again go watch his channel just let it loop and play all of his videos it's great okay so this story is like something out of a horror movie like i said nick covered it and if he covered it it's dark a year ago user peaches and glitter posted in the subreddit legal advice entitled it delusional neighbor bangs on the shared wall when our baby cries and nothing can be done about it i live in a duplex in washington state with my husband and my son who is only a few months old my father-in-law owns half of the duplex and is renting it to us and the other half is owned by an older woman and her adult daughter My father-in-law has known the woman for over 15 years and told us before we moved in that the daughter was mentally ill and had strong delusions on occasion that caused trouble with previous tenants. The last tenants apparently had to get a civil anti-harassment order placed against the daughter, but eventually moved out when the behaviors never stopped. Apparently, the neighbor accused them of kidnapping and abusing their children and abusing their dogs. My husband and I brought our son home a few months ago, and we didn't have any issues with the neighbor until about two weeks ago. She has begun banging on and throwing things at the walls when our son cries. She screams at us as well, but I usually can't hear what she's actually saying. You know, over the screaming baby, and the two dogs going absolutely ballistic because of the banging. It's absolute chaos, and it has made my postpartum anxiety so much worse. Every time the baby cries, I experience intense panic, waiting for the screaming and banging to start. We have called the non-emergency police line twice when I can't handle it anymore and feel close to a meltdown. And the first time, they talked to her, and she stopped doing it as often. Maybe once every two days? Tonight, she is back at it and worse than ever. The air quality is so bad right now from the fires that I can't let the dogs go out for long to stop them from barking, and the barking makes the baby cry harder, which makes the neighbor scream and pound on the walls harder. The officer I spoke with says we can try to get a civil anti-harassment order placed, but he knew for a fact that her behaviors never stopped after the last tenants tried that, and he said his unofficial advice would be to live somewhere else. Is that seriously my only option? We can't afford to move, but I can't keep living like this. This post unfortunately flew super under the radar. It only has 42 upvotes and 10 comments, which is like nothing on Reddit. Also, all but one comment has been removed by the mods, the remaining being not super helpful. Because she owns the other half, not much can be done. Which may be true, but like I said, not super helpful. Well, six months later, OP posted again in legal advice with an update, this one reaching over 17,000 upvotes, but no comments because of the mods claiming that this post was off topic. So an auto moderator locked the comments. Just a quick aside, Someone needs to write an article about the Stanford prison experiment type behavior that comes from people who moderate groups on the internet. And I say that as someone who has moderated and admin my little heart out over the years. 
if there is an article, please send it to me because it's such an interesting phenomenon. (laughs) Anyway, back to Peaches and Glitter. Update. Neighbor bangs on shared duplex wall when baby cries. My first post never got much attention, but the outcome was pretty wild. Short version, in October 2020, my husband and I were renting in a duplex where my father-in-law owned the half we lived in, and a separate family, adult daughter, acting as caregiver to elderly mother, owned the other half. We brought our son home from the NICU in August, and towards the end of September, the neighbors, a female in her 40s, started to pound on the shared wall if she could hear him cry. The pounding escalated over the next two months. The neighbor bought a megaphone to yell through the wall and threatened to rip us apart. She called us child predators and she'd yell obscenities and threats until three or four in the morning. The police were called multiple times. Nothing could be done about it. One officer told us, I'm going to kill you. See, it doesn't mean anything if I don't actually do it. The elderly mother hadn't been seen in several months, but requests for wellness checks were brushed off. The general advice I got was that, as renters, we couldn't do anything. It was also suggested that this was reasonable behavior, since the crying baby was probably really annoying. Since my first post, we moved in with my grandmother for our safety. The neighbor ended up busting a softball-sized hole through the shared wall to scream at us, and occasionally just stare at us. The smell that came out of that hole was indescribably bad. Our security cameras recorded her coming to my son's nursery window at around 2 a.m. almost daily, just staring and holding her cat. It took until the end of January for the police to be able to enter her property. The elderly mother had been deceased since at least June, and the daughter had the corpse dressed in her Sunday best, rotting in a dead bolted bedroom. The news article said the mother died from natural causes. The daughter was taken to an inpatient psychiatric facility. I told you, this one was chilling. And by the way, this isn't something some anonymous person just spouted off on Reddit with no proof. This whole saga was reposted in the subreddit Best of Redditor Updates, and a few commenters found several news sources for the same story. And you heard in the post, she referenced a news article. That's where the story gets even more sinister. From one source, they say that relatives, including the deceased's sisters, were suspicious that the daughter, who we now know is named Angela Grainer, I believe that's how you pronounce it, Angela Grainer, may have been switching her mother, Claudia Kinney's, medications, and that Kinney's teeth had started falling out for some reason. The Tri-City Herald reported, police also learned that Kinney had some tests done at a hospital in June, When staff sent a letter for a follow-up appointment that same month, they received a written response from someone claiming to be Kinney, instructing the hospital to stop sending notices. Police went to the house three times, but said they couldn't enter the premises without a warrant. They said there were signs posted up on the outside of the duplex that read, 
I swear I will kill you. Stay away from my house. And... I will literally tear you limb from limb if you try to cross into here. Don't try to bang on the windows plus doors either. I have nine abandoned kitties you've upset very much. The reference to banging on the windows is because police had tried for a few days before they eventually entered to uh, get the attention of the homeowners. And so they, since no one opened the door, they would bang on the windows, go around banging on the windows. But uh, Miss Grainer would not answer. I mean, this is just an un... (laughs) I want to say unbelievable. It's not unbelievable. It's so unfortunate. And I can't imagine how helpless this person felt this, this, you know, new mother felt not being able to do anything and, you know, finding out that your neighbor's been, you know, rotting next door. One of your neighbors has been rotting next door for months. Ugh, it's, it's, she lived a literal, her and her family lived in a literal horror story. Um, I once had a very scary roommate incident, uh, that went on for a few months that I'm not stoked about talking about publicly yet. Um, it would make for a, <laughs> it would make for a great and let's not meet story. I've I've tossed around the idea in my head of making it uh, changing a lot of names and maybe not even putting my own name on it and sending it into my my buddy Andrew Tate because <laughs> it's a doozy. So I can empathize with a very scared feeling of not being able to afford to move but being stuck in a very scary situation. All right, this last section is one of my favorite parts of the dark reddit episodes i basically comb through old threads to find all of the throwaway and deleted accounts leaving comments usually on ask reddit posts about horrifying or unexplained personal accounts um i don't know why i love the throwaway and deleted ones there's something about them that just i don't know It makes it, it adds an, it's it adds a creep factor, especially to be honest, the throwaway ones. Um, if you're not familiar, I explain throwaway uh, accounts in my fir- in the first dark Reddit episode, which is uh, I always I keep telling people whenever I mention new episodes. Uh, the first one was very very dark, very very sad. So if you go back to that one, just warning. But throwaway um, accounts are basically. And people on Reddit, even though it's already sort of anonymous, they want to be even more anonymous and you create an entirely new account, usually linked to either a fake email or like some new email you're never going to use again under a fake name. You um, create a lot of times the throwaway account names, the usernames are like throwaway bunch of numbers, you know, because it doesn't matter. They're never going to sign in again. And it's usually to tell a story that is that could come back to them in a bad way it'll be it can be anything from something paranormal that's incredibly like unexplainable and unbelievable so they don't want to seem crazy to co-workers or family or um there have been several confessions of murder there have been confessions of um there's a famous one where they talked about um and i think this this has been this has been told on other websites, but there's a particular one on Reddit that talks about how after 9-11, this person's family thought they perished in the tragedy, and instead they went on to start a new life, and their family doesn't know about it. So there's all kinds of stuff um, under these (laughs) throwaway accounts, and the deleted ones just kind of add an air of mystery. Like, where'd you go? Where'd you go? (laughs) Um, Okay. These are usually a little more bite-sized, 
less explainable, more in need of you suspending your skepticism, but more likely to get into your brain tonight when you're sitting alone in the dark, unable to sleep, wondering if there truly is something to the idea that if you have a chair in your room, then you must put something on it, or at night, around 3 a.m., something will occupy that chair and watch you sleep, or watch you try to sleep. I don't really have a name for this section, and when I was bookmarking them this time, I just threw up the title Deleted Creepies as a placeholder, and I kind of like it, so here are some Deleted Creepies. So this was by a now-deleted account posted seven years ago in reply to the question, What's the most unbelievable shit you've ever witnessed? When I was stationed in Korea, my buddy and I were driving from some small town up north back to Pyeongtaek. It was about a three-hour drive, and we didn't have a map and inevitably got lost. So we first stop in a restaurant for directions, and with the language barrier, get nowhere, and decide to head back to the way we came. And here's where it gets creepy. We stop at a hotel and walk in. But there aren't any employees or guests in sight. No one is sitting at the front desk or anything, even though there are maybe 15 to 20 cars in the parking lot. So we get in the elevator, thinking maybe we went in the wrong entrance. We press the elevator button one floor above the floor we're on. Doors close. We both feel the elevator move. Doors open. And we walk out. The thing is, we walked out to a completely empty lobby that looks exactly the same as the one we were just in. Complete with empty front desk. We both freak out, run out the same entrance door we walked into the hotel originally, get in the truck and peel out. To this day, I swear to God, that elevator moved. You can tell these things. Also, where were all the people? Fuck that hotel. I love me a good, like, time slip, glitch in the matrix type story. This next one was posted in the same thread seven years ago by another deleted account. This one actually had a few stories, but I'm just going to focus on the second one. So number two. Was with a friend going to visit his friend. He lived in a basement apartment. We had the key, so we just walked right in like we always do. He was in the kitchen, and we have to walk through the den to get to the kitchen. As we walk by, we see a guy sitting on the couch we didn't recognize and said hello as we walked by. He always had various people over, so... We didn't make anything of it. When we got in the kitchen, I asked, Who's that guy on the couch? He instantly went pale and ran to the den. No one was there. He asked what the guy looked like, and we described an older-looking guy, balding, wearing a red sweater and khaki pants. Apparently, he had seen this guy before, sitting in the same spot, wearing the same thing. He told us to wait while he goes up to talk to his landlord. He came back about five minutes later with a picture of the guy we had just seen. He was the landlord's uncle, 
who had died a few years earlier, falling down the stairs. To this day, it still gives me an uneasy feeling thinking about it. So this last one was posted five years ago. The initial question was, Subway workers, tunnel rats, and explorers of Reddit, what's your scariest unexplained true story of the underground? So this person, this now deleted person, replied, I found a gigantic cement vault under the Arlington National Cemetery. It was super spooky and not on any map. That was all they said. And then people were like, hey, you can't just drop some, you know, national treasure shit and then bounce. Please tell us more. So they did. I crawled several storm drain pipes in Arlington National Cemetery for my job. I cannot disclose what pipe at what manhole, so I will be vague. Upon entry into the pipe, I saw an inlet at 12 o'clock, long in the distance, downstream, that wasn't on any of the maps I was provided. I was lowered 25 feet deep and crawled 40 feet upstream until I found the vertical connection. It was a standard 24-inch service connection and terminated straight into a vault with no features, at least 8 foot in size on all walls. It was massive considering the native earth around it. It was a big room of nothing underneath the resting places of many people. So far as I know, the pipe was lined and completed. That means the strange concrete box in the storm drain underneath the dead will have been sealed off for the future. Strange it will be. Sealed for the future, the void beneath the dead, with no purpose. That entry not only creeped me the fuck out, but I think it's the perfect prompt for a horror story. (laughs) So, what do you think is hiding in the gigantic cement vault under Arlington National Cemetery? Uh, For my international listeners, Arlington National Cemetery is a military cemetery. So, when you combine, you know, um, a military cemetery (laughs) that has a very seedy past with you know, creepy government conspiracies, a giant weird vault underneath the dead, as the OP said, uh, that's real creepy. And what can it be? Of course, there were a lot of people who had normal answers, but I'm not interested in those. I'm interested in what you think it is. As with these types of episodes, you can find a link to all the sources on my website, scarytosleep.com, if you'd like to read all the original posts for yourself. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much to those who were eager to come back to the show after a long year. I'm so happy to be back in everyone's ears. If you're wondering what in the hell I'm talking about, for the past year I've been exclusive to one platform and now I am off on my own once more. So if anyone needs to hire a voice actor or narrator, I'm free as a bird to officially start taking outside work again. Um, That actually was a problem for the past year. So that's not a weird thing for me to say. It's not weird. Tell me it's not weird. I've spoken about it briefly before, but I have some upcoming projects that I'm really excited about. The YouTube channel is back up. Um, Currently, it's the project I was working on over a year ago, just putting up all the episodes on YouTube with kind of a static image. Some of them I 
played with and I put some creepy images in as you watch but um, I had to abandon that for exclusivity reasons so um, those are going back up I mostly was putting up the all of the back episodes on YouTube just to give you one more way to listen um, I just want it to be as accessible as possible we're getting back to that and um, I'm really excited excited I'm excited to explore I'm excited to explore ASMR much more so if you're into that then go subscribe just search for scary to sleep on YouTube I'll try to remember to leave a link to and I have some fun stuff planned for Patreon and some crossover stuff with other podcasts I'm I have a lot of things that I that are possible now that I don't want to talk about too quickly I don't you hate it when you know someone teases like a new show or something like real far ahead and then I don't know I always have this feeling like what if something goes wrong like mediums I knew about mediums a long time ago it was a lot it was way before I even started mentioning it to you guys because I was so afraid this was going to be like taken from my hands or something would go wrong or they were going to replace me or something I don't know so yeah um I don't want to give too many details but yes the one thing I can say for sure though the YouTube channel will become I'm going to be adding more ASMR videos to it I was going to split up the channel into two different channels like scary to sleep ASMR and then just the episodes but that honestly feels really pointless I'm just gonna split them into playlists if you don't like ASMR just don't watch them and watch the other playlist that's just the episodes um I'll try to do more normal like scary to sleep things too in the future where it's not ASMR but it's also scary to sleep on video essentially um yeah oh and thank you to those of those speaking of mediums thank you to those of you who tuned into mediums um if you liked the show then let Parcast know by tweeting at them I'd love to do another show with them it was great working with them loved it so much and I'm so ecstatic by how the show turned out uh the last episode just went up this week it it was so much fun. It was I learned so much, and I hope you all learned so much from that incredible like period of time where everybody was just like super into ghosts. I mean, I wish, right? Anyway, remember to follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, all at Scary to Sleep. Also, thank you to Acast for being the new home for Scary to Sleep. That's my new host site. If you're looking for a host site and you're in the in the market for starting your own podcast, I recommend Acast. It has been a dream so far working with them. Still real new, but it so far has just been incredible. Incredible. I can't talk enough about it. There's stuff I literally can't talk out loud about um, because it's all, you know, it's boring business stuff. You don't want to hear about that. <laughs> anyway. I'm going to go. I love you all so much. Thank you for your patience with this transition period. I know this episode was a little shorter. Last week, I didn't have an episode. Last week, uh, basically, if <laughs> if you want to stick around a little longer, go ahead and turn this off. Um, see you later. Bye. It's fine. I'm just about to talk about boring behind the scenes stuff. Basically, last week, um, I was supposed to have my show back in order to distribute it everywhere. And... I still don't really know what happened exactly, but that didn't happen, and I did not have control over my show, so I couldn't move over to the new platform yet. That is what I've been doing this week when I was, that's why I took the whole last week off. I told you guys, I was taking the week off to do all that, give myself time to move everything over, get everything settled in. 
wasn't able to do that at all. So I had to do that this week, plus making an episode because I wanted to have an episode for you all. And I missed you and I missed doing this and sitting at my, I like missed my office during that time. Cause I mean, I was doing other stuff, but like not recording, you know? <sighs> okay. I told you guys this was boring. Um, this was, you chose to stay. So that's on you. You signed the waiver. I'm going to go. Um, I hope you all had a fantastic Halloween. I didn't talk to you after Halloween. I had so much fun at the Los Angeles Haunted Hayride. Um, not sponsored. Wish I was. Maybe next year? I don't know. Maybe I'll get a cool pass or something. Los Angeles Haunted Hayride. It's my favorite thing every Halloween. Um, so much fun. So yeah, uh, we're going into wintery. I know it's still fall, but we're, you know, we kind of shift this show into a like more wintry feel in the winter that's wow we, we shift into a more wintry feel in the winter making a good impression on all the new people I'm really making a good impression um for those of you who are new i usually spend the last part of the show kind of rambling i stopped it for a while because people told me it was annoying and when i stopped it more people than more like a, a it was more people told me they loved it than than the amount of people who said it was annoying so I brought it back okay I'm gonna go um I love you all go get some sleep sweet dreams Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out, and we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.